This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. Well, welcome to the Cutting Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, and today I have the pleasure of talking to Danny Donahue. Uh, Danny is the brand manager of Shower Door Hardware at C.R. Lawrence. Hey, thanks, Danny, for coming on the podcast today. It is my pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on. So now uh, you're in Los Angeles, right? I am, yeah. So uh, did you grow up in L.A.? I did. Well, not in L.A. Um, I did, I'm a native Southern Californian, and uh, I, I grew up primarily in Orange County. I I was uh, I was born in Torrance and lived in Fountain Valley until a young age. But really, my, my memory really kicks in when I moved to South Orange County. I lived in San Juan Capistrano and Dana Point. I went to Dana Hills High School. I'm a, I'm, I'm a dolphin for the Dana Hills Dolphins of all things. Well, I guess that's what happens when you live somewhat close to the ocean. There um, didn't really realize how how good I had it as far as, you know, living in South Orange County in my formative years until I got a little older, then I could step back and really appreciate, wow, I was really fortunate to be able to grow up where I grew up. So, and one other thing about that uh, area, it's a little bit affluent, got a little bit of money, much like your Northern California area up there along the coast. And that's kind of where a lot of frameless shower doors uh, kind of began. Uh, in the rumblings of it, you know, uh, 30 years ago or 25 years ago, when uh, they sort of started uh, showing up in these uh, multi-million-dollar homes that are along the beaches. So then, did your job at CRL is that what brought you to LA? That's what brought me to LA, exactly. Um, what just to give you a brief history, I, I uh, started in the glass business in 1986. And uh, I worked at a, uh, a full-service residential glazing company um, in South Orange County called Capistrano Valley Glass and Mirror and uh, started installing showers shortly after I started there. I mean, we did everything. We did mirrors. We did a little bit of storefront, not a whole lot of storefront, but, you know, mirrors, showers, wardrobe doors, uh, glass for, uh, you know, hack outs for, like, new, new developments. And somebody break a window, we'd go out and fix it, that kind of thing. So real residential glass kind of place. And um, shortly after I started there, I, I started working on shower doors, and they were the, you know, the, the uh, integrated shower doors, like Workrite shower doors were the ones that we were distributors of. So I learned to put in, you know, stick stalls, fabricating all the metal myself and, in, you know, measuring it and doing the glass sizes, installing it, and, you know, putting these stick stalls in million-dollar homes because that's all that there was available. Frameless shower doors hadn't really come out yet. And then about maybe five years into my tenure uh, at the place, so maybe like 1990, you know, 90-ish, we started seeing these uh, hinges coming across that were for all frameless glass. And, boy, those started uh, catching on really well. And I worked at Capistrano Valley Glass until 1997, so 11 years in the field installing frameless shower doors, installed hundreds of them. And uh, from that point, I, I moved to uh, C.R. Lawrence. And the reason for that is is due to uh, the fact 
fact that I was getting ready to go start my own business. I was going to leave Capistrano Valley Glass and do my own business like so many people do when they think, hey, I know how to do this. Why don't I do it for myself? And I uh, was speaking with my contact here at C.R. Lawrence, a gentleman named Brad Murphy, who was at the company for about 25 years, retired a couple of years ago. I was speaking with Brad Murphy and saying, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else. And he said, have you ever thought of coming to work at C.R. Lawrence? I said, of course not. Why would I think of coming to work at C.R. Lawrence? You know, what, what would I do there? And he said, there may be a position open for a guy like me who has technical knowledge about frameless shower doors. And the idea was, back in the dark ages here in 1996, was if you teach people how to put in frameless shower doors and explain to them that it's not that difficult, then you're going to get more business and, uh, you know, people will start putting them in more and they'll buy our hardware. And that was the model that, that we followed back then and continue to follow today. So back when you started installing shower enclosures, not getting it in kits like we do now, but actually just getting the yeah. raw materials and cutting it up. For the most part, yeah. I mean, we did get standard tub kits. You know, when, when it came to sliding shower door kits, you know, different heights, different widths that were stock kits. Um, but, yeah, for our stick-style shower doors, everybody wanted something custom, you know. There was a standard height of, gosh, I don't even know why I know this, but 66 and 5 eighths. Um, that was just a standard height for a door, and, you know, everybody wanted doors bigger than that. that. You know, that was just a really small door. So, yes, we got all the sticks, all the stock lengths of all the components that it takes to make up the Workrite shower door. Workrite no longer in business. Um, and, yeah, I was, I was the metal fabricator, had the uh, big, long bench set up where I had my saw in the middle of it, everything all nice and straight, and, you know, just uh, would knock it out and make my own doors, yes. You talk about a lot of work. I mean, putting together one of those enclosures is like twice the work of doing a frameless enclosure, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you had to cut the jams and you had to cut the part that goes that gets glazed onto the door and then you have to glaze the door and put the bottom rail on it. There was, there was so much metal. There was so much to cut. You know, if you were doing just like a door and an inline panel, uh, you know, let's just say, you know, like a 60-inch wide by 80-inch tall, something like that, you know, you probably had to cut eight or ten pieces of metal. You know, with the frameless shower door, you're cutting either no metal and using clamps or just cutting a couple of pieces, a couple of sticks of U-channel, and that's that. Yeah, it's it, it was so much more forgiving, however. You know, when you've got deep channels that are, you know, an inch deep, Boy, you don't have to cut some glass out of square, and you've got a lot of margin for error where you can sort of foul up and still be covered. Once it came to the whole frameless shower situation, as we all know, uh, you know, measurements are everything. You can have the best installer in the world who can do just about miracles, but if the opening is measured wrong, he has no chance to make that work. Or you can have something that was measured thoughtfully, and an average glazer could go out and probably have success installing that because the things are going to fit in the opening, ultimately. So, yeah, measuring and, and figuring glass sizes and all that, it was just everything for frameless shower doors. And it uh, still remains that way. And it, it was right up my alley for whatever reason. And I, and I took to it and, and uh, you know, flourished. So you were around when this frameless hardware started to get introduced into the, the U.S. market. And so because of that, you were a good candidate to CRL to help them. Oh, that's exactly what they thought. 
It was the vision of the previous owner here, Don Freeze, you know, the founder of Sierra Lawrence, really. The, the, the idea of if we teach people how to use these things and not to be afraid of them, they're going to have success with them and they're going to continue to install them and it sort of just blooms, you know what I mean to say, and that certainly has occurred, you know, I don't know how much we had to do with it, I mean, we were, CRL was the first company to publish a frameless shower door guide and still the only one as far as I know that just kind of gives you the ins and outs on how to measure, how to install and uh, how, to, how to do glass sizes and all that kind of business and you know, we put it in print and we wanted to be on the front edge of it and you know, I think that we remain on the front edge of it. You know, we've got our, our showers online glass sizing program that uh, has been around now for, it's hard to even believe, but it's been around for 20 years. I've been at CR Lawrence for a little over 22 years. So that came on early in, in my uh, tenure here at CRL, the uh, Showers Online program. And, you know, that's become an industry standard. Everybody seems to use it. A lot of people use it. A lot of big companies use it. A lot of smaller companies use it. Mom and pop use it. Everybody uses it. And, uh, you know, we, we try and stay on the uh, leading edge of that, of that kind of thing. It's, it's sort of where we've made our mark in this business. Yeah, I use Showers Online. You know, it's not cheap, but for the... The value is there for sure. I mean, it's way cheaper than uh, a bunch of bad glass and uh, way more affordable than hiring somebody, you know, just to do takeoffs all the time. All in all, I mean, I recommend it to people. I've, I haven't been using it for that long. I mean, several years, I'm sure, but there's been some changes to that program in just the time that I've used it, some real improvements. Yeah, that's, that's one of the nice things about it because it's an online program. It's, it's something that when an upgrade happens, it's, it's immediate for anyone and everyone. It's not something where you have to send something out to people. I mean, long gone are those days of, oh, let's send you a disk and you can update your system. That just doesn't, you know, it's, it's never worked that way. We've always hosted it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you said it's a little expensive and it is depending on what you do. You know, when you're a company that, uh, you know, that installs 50 of them a week, then it's the best thing you've ever seen in your life and it costs almost nothing. You know, if, if you're installing 10 a month, well, then it, then it's a little more expensive, you know. But uh, it's all a matter of perspective. And, yeah, we've, you know, we have hundreds and hundreds of users and we've had millions and millions of structures made in that program. And it's solid. It's, it's a real solid program and we're real uh, proud of it. And, you know, I'm proud of my role in helping to bring it to the bring it to the public. When it was first uh, when it was first introduced to us, it was done in a manner that uh, if you wanted to put it out of plumb and out of level conditions, you had to have a good understanding of the X Y axis <laughs> and how to enter figures in in that manner. But I said this isn't going to fly. So after about uh, ten months of de- design development, the programmer and I came up with something that. We introduced in, in right at the beginning of the year in 2001, and uh, you know we've done nothing but improve it since then. And uh, yeah, we're real, uh, real uh, proud of it. Well, one thing that I love about the software is just the engineering aspect of how it works. Those people who who don't use showers online, one of the features is that it will automatically figure, you know, like the number of of hinges you need on a door based on you know its size and weight and it will give you warnings and it'll tell you 
well, you know, we don't recommend that you do this. Basically, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, you know, how it says it. But it's like, we don't recommend that you do this. And then there are some things that it just won't let you save the enclosure if you try to do it. It's just, just I guess, far enough outside of what's workable. And uh, it's just like, now we're just not going to let you save it. So I, there's a lot of confidence I get when I'm putting together an enclosure on showers online of knowing, okay, well, I have confidence that this is engineered properly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's one of the many features. You uh, bring up a good point. Some of the warnings are what we call fatal warnings, which means you cannot save the structure because, you know, let's say you want to put a 50-inch wide door on two hinges or something like that. There isn't a, you know, there's, there's not a hinge out there that, that's going to handle that, so it tells you, no, you're not saving this. But then there are also serious warnings where it says, hey, you really shouldn't do this, but if you want to do this, you can still save it. And you hit okay, and we've done our due, due diligence of telling you, look, we don't think this is a good idea, but if this is what you're going to choose to do, this is what you're going to choose to do. There's a line drawn as to something that is just, no, we won't abide by this, as opposed to, well, from an installation point of view, if you want to do this, it's on you. We had to give users the autonomy to do that. Otherwise, if we were so rigid with all of our rules, people were saying, well, I do it a little bit differently, and, you know, it isn't going to work for me. So we had to decide where to make them absolute and where to give the user their own, their own choice. Yeah, sure, and there's always things that are the marginal. Right. I mean, there are things that are kind of on the cusp of, uh, this is safe, but it's not recommended. Yeah, you know, that's, you know, one of the things that we did to that end is the idea of when you have a panel of glass that's adjacent to a door and it's unsupported at the top, like how wide can that panel of glass be? You know, uh, uh, we, we made a rule in the program saying if it's three-eighths glass, it shouldn't be wider than 30. And if it's half-inch glass, it shouldn't be wider than 36. Well, you know, sometimes you'll put up a fixed panel and it's, you know, 50 inches wide. And, you know, we're, we're just there to tell you, look, you're going to incur movement in that panel just by virtue of its width and its thickness of glass and that kind of business. So it's more of a warning, but you can still save the shower. Um, you know, we just give people information. Better to give you information and have you make your own decision than, than to just say nothing at all. And then you'll come back and say, well, why didn't you tell me? You know what I mean? I didn't realize that you had uh, such a role in, in helping to develop that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually, I, I kind of look at that as my, uh, how do I, it's funny, when we, uh, I, I'm digressing, when we, when we first came up with this program, one of our IT guys turns to me and says, well, if we're getting this program, we just made a career for somebody. And that somebody turned out to be me, you know, because... I'm the administrator, I'm the one who's responsible for the program, and, uh, you know, I, I consider that almost like my, my legacy, that, you know, when, if and when I do, well, when I do retire, that, uh, you know, Showers Online will still be running, it doesn't need me, and, and I don't need it, and it'll just be out there doing what it does, and I hope it runs in perpetuity. It's, that's that's kind of nice, it's kind of nice to have a hand in uh, something that's a lot bigger than me. There's been a lot of changes at CRL, I mean, over the past 20 years or so, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen an awful lot of things happen here. You know, uh, when, I, when I first started, you know, we, we certainly had, I think, I want to say we had 12, 10, like, like 11 service centers, you know, and then the last 20 years now, you know, we've gone to Europe and we've got like, like 30 service centers. So 
Yeah, there 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 have been a lot. There's been a lot of expansion. Our uh, previous owner really believed in just making making our product available everywhere. Buy the buildings where he went, and he would uh, in, in you know reinvest into the company on a regular basis all the time, constantly expanding, looking at acquisitions, that kind of stuff. And it was really truly a entrepreneurial business model that uh, that uh, Mr. Freeze laid out. And yeah, there there have been a great deal of expansion. So what's that journey been like for you? I mean, has it been stressful? Has it been exciting? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's my work. So, you know, you're always, you're going to get measures of both, right? I mean, just like anybody else's work, sometimes it's stressful, sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's enjoyable. Um, you know, if I stand back and look at it, I, I just look at how we have grown the shower door business, you know how much of it it was just a, a, a natural thing that was going to happen, how much of it was a result of how we sort of stood out to say, you know, this is how you do things, you know, kind of laid out rules, basically, both with our great big uh, shower door guide and our, and, our, and our program that came on only just a couple of years later. Um, you know, we, we really tried to just make, grow this business, obviously for ourselves. I mean, we're in the business of doing business, but at the same time, I mean, it's obviously for for everybody. I mean, it's for customers like yourselves and so many customers that I've interacted with over the years saying, you know, boy, this, you know, getting into frameless shower doors was the best thing I ever did for my business. You know, I was I was dying doing mirrors and wardrobe doors and, you know, just getting peanuts for, for, for doing them. So many people have told me they then concentrated on doing frameless showers and that the margins are good people want them and there's work and it's available and and they and, and it's sort of revolutionized their business you know I, I get a great deal of satisfaction hearing uh, people tell me that and you know speaking with longtime customers who have you know confided in me you know you've really helped me to bring it to the next level and you've you know your assistance has sort of guided me and in, in uh, you know being able to bring my my business to the you know to where it is now and just hearing their tales of success and, you know, knowing that, that my, my company had a role in it and, and, I, and I personally had some role in it, you know, it's gratifying. So it's been quite, quite an uh, interesting set of times in these last 20-something years, but uh, I love it and I'm, I'm staying here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for quite a while longer and uh, continue to see what this business brings for me. It's been a, quite a journey for CRL. You know, I was talking to one of the members of the Facebook group, and he mentioned something about uh, CRL was shipping the same day for a while. And uh, he mentioned that had stopped. I, I was curious if some of these things have anything to do with tariffs or stuff that's going on. Well, I mean, you know, you're covering a lot of ground there. But sure, I can, I can certainly speak to that. Uh, the willingness or the desire is a better word. The desire for us to ship a package on the same day that we receive the order is still there. And it still does happen quite often. Um, we used to have a mechanism in, in place that was if you wrote something special on the order, then it had to ship on that day. You know, it's good in stock. The order's entered before a certain time of day, so that order will ship. Well, you know, with the growth that we have had, and the way that uh, you know things have sort of 
the, the business has uh, increased in, in, in such a manner that we got to a point where just about every order that, that's coming through is saying it's got a ship today, and it became untenable. You know, it was just impossible. So we we basically um, went to a different system that that tells you, you know, this, if the order's in stock, it it, it should certainly ship on that on the day that it's placed or the next business day. And I still think that that's 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 not a bad way to go. I mean, you know what I say is that. We did things and shipped things on the same day for so long that people got to rely on it and they got complacent about it. When you order your glass, you know you're waiting for maybe four or five days, to, depending on where you are in the country, maybe a couple of weeks. What was happening is people would order their glass, wait a week, and then order their hardware. And when it didn't come in a day or two, they'd say, well, why is my hardware here? You know, I think it's as a, as a uh, sort of a model, Order your hardware when you order your glass, and you'll you'll certainly have both by the time that you know you're ready to go do the job. And it's just it's just adjusting expectations, I guess, is uh, is is what it is for that. Words of wisdom. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and as far as all that other that other political stuff and terrorism stuff, I mean, you know, obviously we're in the U.S. and we know that a number of products from any given company are going to come in from. Uh, from the Far East, and they're going to be imported. That's just, you know, we like our prices nice and low in the U.S., but we but we don't like the idea of buying it from another country. So, it's, you know, I think that there's a perception problem there. You know, if, if, if we were able to manufacture hinges in the U.S. and sell them at the same price, of course we would do that, and that's just, that's just not, uh, it's just not going to happen. So we get hit with these tariffs, and, you know, tariffs are certainly, uh, disturbance along the way, but they're a temporary disturbance. You know, that's, that's to me, a, a minimal influence, and I believe that it's a, a level playing field. Anybody who's bringing hinges in is going to be paying that. So, you know, for the time being, uh, I think it's just a, a temporary issue that's going to resolve itself. You know, I know that sometimes um, a supplier may be having a problem and we, we all know about this. Everybody has them from time to time. There's a glitch in the system. And I call customer service like everybody else is because there's a problem with my order, like there is for, with everybody else's order. And I know those people are stressed out. And I really try. I'm not always successful, but I really try to be really kind to those people and understanding because I know they're getting yelled at by everybody else. It's true. It's true. I mean, you know, you don't want your your customer service to be just the complaint department. You want your customer service to be what it what it should be, which is taking customers' orders, helping them out, uh, helping them find product and that kind of thing. You don't want it to be when is when is this shipping, when is that shipping, you know, and or you guys have put me in a bad spot and all that kind of business. You know, that's the i the idea is that customer service is supposed to be exactly that. Helping customers out with either a new order or you know find the right product, that kind of thing. Not where's my stuff. And you know we 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 certainly in the beginning of the year had our our share of inventory issues, and in the last month or so they've been largely resolved, almost almost fully resolved, which is a good thing. So you know we all. We all run into challenges, and it's a matter of how we respond to them that uh, sort of dictates who we are, how we are. Yes, that's right.
So what's next? What's the next new great thing? <laughs> well, we have our ear to the ground, and, and we're looking around, and, you know, new products find, find us. We engineer them sometimes and completely make them up out of whole cloth sometimes. Uh, you know, one of, our, one of our more successful products that we've had not, not even for two years now, like a year and a half, is our Cambridge slider. I know that that's something uh, that you and I talked about a little bit, and, you know, that's one of those one of those jackpot ones, you know, you know, you find something like that and it really captures the imagination and it's, and it's, it's, it's quality speaks to you and it's look speaks to you. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of customers are, are, are really happy with it. So, you know, it, it, it's really caught on, but I would just say that in, you know, the last maybe four or five years, just sliding systems in general have just exploded with us. You know, from our Serenity to, you know, the Essence Kit and the Crescent and the new Cambridge and the Contempo. I mean, these, these sliding shower door kits are, are becoming a real, a real often used uh, option uh, design-wise for people. You know, that barn door roller thing. Just people are crazy for that look right now. Yes. And uh, the great thing about those, especially the Cambridge, is like it's easy to install and it's fast. Those things... Are a real money maker. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, obviously it's a it's a real high end look, and like you said, you're just looking at mounting a couple wall brackets, putting a header in, and then putting wheels on a door, drilling in a guide. I mean, you know, it's 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 very simplistic. It's very simple. It's a low, it's sort of a low risk installation, is what I should say. And uh, you know, there's a real high reward. People are willing to pay you know, pretty good money for something like that. And, you know, and if, if you live in an area that uh, supports it, you're going to find a lot of business with that. It's great because it's got that modern look. It matches a lot of the other stuff that they're doing. You know, they're doing barn door type stuff on their closets or their garages, whatever. So it kind of blends in that way. And, you know, the space saving aspect of it, you know, that the door doesn't swing out into the, the bathroom, a lot of bathrooms are kind of small. You're right, the sliding enclosures, people are really are really excited about those. Yeah, they are. So another thing, an interesting thing that I've noticed is that if you ask customers what they want, it's less metal. You want like zero metal, all glass, and then if you can make the glass just like somehow levitate in place, right. you know, yeah, that's magic. what... Magic yeah. Harry Potter glass. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> That's what we want. And then there's this I like. Know you're going with you this. do, don't I? With, <laughs> don't... Black, with this black grid stuff. Right? Yes. Yeah. I saw that about, you know, started seeing pictures of that maybe a couple of years ago, three years ago. And I'm like, whoa, why would anybody want this? And then I kept seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. And it's, wow, you know, this, it's really caught on. It's really surprising, and I know that uh, CRL came up with a product, an applied grid, got pre-applied tape on it, and I tried it on a closure, and it turned out it looked pretty good. I mean, the people were, were happy with it. I mean, it was like I tried to put it together a few other ways, uh, and it was just so complicated and cost prohibitive. And I know that there are other companies who are scrambling to do something because this is a real trend. 
Yeah, this is this is really moving on, and and the uh, product that, that you're referring to of mine is a it's a uh, PVC product. So uh, you know, to me, it, and it's doing very well. I mean, you know, a lot of people are buying it. So I'm looking at okay, well, what's what's the next thing to do here? And the next thing to do in my mind is to make it out of aluminum. And you know, I'm I'm currently sourcing ideas or sourcing uh, material to 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 develop an, an aluminum version. So this is an exclusive to develop an aluminum version of that of using the flat stock and and the L shapes when you've got a 90 degree. But uh, you know to maintain the same look as the channel around it and all that kind of business. Just just a little more sturdy version that's being explored as we speak. So yeah, that's it. Seems like it's that that trend is kind of hanging on here. So you know, you either you either get on board or you get out of the way. And I don't want to get out of the way of this, so I'm going to get on board. Yeah, that's it. And it's funny because like people either love it or hate it. It looks like an old an old school prison with those with that black dread like that, you know. But yeah, the people who love it really love it, and it has that real sort of industrial revolution kind of look to it, you know, from like the early 1900s, you know, true divided light kind of thing. You know, obviously it's, it's mimicking that, but, uh, you know, from standing back at it, it, it looks like divided lights, of course. So, yeah, that's, it's a specific look, and, you know, it's, it's really caught on, and it's all over the Internet. So, yeah, it's, you gotta you got to see these things, you got to try and catch lightning in a bottle, you know. We were really early to the game about eight years ago, maybe even a little longer, when brush bronze first came out. Kohler introduced brush bronze as a fixture finish, and we said, wow, I'm getting a lot of requests for this brush bronze. So we decided, okay, we're going to make that one of our finishes, and, and we're reaping the, re- the rewards of that now because, you know, it's it's still around. It's still doing very well. It's become one of my, you know, top, like, six finishes. So, wow. yeah, it's... You know, it's hard to decide which one to put your money on because these faucet manufacturers, it's their business to make new things. You know, you can't just sit there and rest on your laurels and say everyone's always going to buy chrome and they're going to buy, uh, you know, brush nickel. You know, they come up with these new finishes and new colors and, and you know, it's always a question of, well, is this the one that we're going to need to, uh, that we're going to need to match and go to the market with? Three years ago, that was what? Matte black. Everybody's got matte black now, and it's like that was another one. You saw you saw the wave coming in. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll put it into ocean terms because I'm sure both you and I have done our fair share of body surfing anyway. So you see the swell coming at you, and it's like matte black, and it's and it's for real. And you know that's 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 become I think my number four finish right now is matte black. And that's just in, in a period of you know three years. Yeah, that has become really popular out here in uh, in my area too. So, what do you do for fun? Do you have any hobbies? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm gonna pull out the old spend time with the family and all that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Sure, of course. But you know, uh, my real passion, honestly, is music. I, I've been playing playing guitar and singing since I've been about 14 was when I first got my guitar. And I'm one of those guys, now I'm, I'm dating myself, I'm uh, 55 years old. So I grew up uh, in my 20s in the 1980s. So, 
you know, I was into playing like hard rock metal. I was in bands, you know, all my life into my mid twenties, you know, playing, uh, you know, original songs or playing copy songs of like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I was, that was what I was into. And now, obviously, many years later, and I just play acoustic stuff and I have a little home recording kind of studio that I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play multiple tracks and sing multiple tracks and just kind of entertain myself that way. So I love doing that. We have that in common. I, I started playing guitar when I was a teenager. I was kind of short, so I never got picked for the football teams or whatever. So right. in order to meet girls, I had to learn how to play guitar, and it was very effective. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's certainly something most anyone in a band will say, well, you know, I kind of got started because I wanted to meet girls, you know what I mean? And, you know, honestly, I knew from, from a very early age that I enjoyed attention. I mean, even to this to this day, here at CRL and stuff, I've done public speaking many times at trade shows. I've, I've done them for sales conferences and that kind of stuff. I like being in front of people. It, to me, it gives me a platform to be able to perform. And that's what music was for me. I mean, I, you know, in, in my formative years, I, I saw Kiss, and I'm just like, oh, my God, look at this. You know, that... I want to be those guys, you know what I mean? That's that's what got me starting to want to play guitar when I was 13 and got a guitar when I was 14. So uh, it was just the need to be on stage, I think. And, uh, you know, there's, there's still a part of me that uh, really still enjoys that. Danny Donahue, thanks so much for uh, spending some time talking today. It was really cool getting to know you a little bit better. Well, it was truly my uh, pleasure, Chris, and... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you in Atlanta at the uh, at the Glass Built Show. It's in September, and you know, anyone who can go, I think they would get a lot out of it to to go to a national show and see what's going on in their business. You know, that's one of those things. Not everybody makes it out there, but boy, if you can, I think you'll get something out of it. Uh, and it's been a real pleasure, you know, speaking with you, and look forward to uh, speaking with you again. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.